And we're back for another episode of Meatball Thoughts, the bi-weekly installments of Matt Parker, Max Taylor. Howdy, y'all. Tomas Sebastian, and special guest and previous co-host of the podcast, Jonathan. Franklin Clip. Franklin Clip. Nice. I was, I was going to make make up some random middle name, but I was what, like... What, what was it going to be? Uh... You know what? I since since now I know it's Franklin. I was yeah. like Francis, but like that's just because well, the F was already in my. You should just change it to Francis. <laughs> can I just call, start calling you Fran? You can call me whatever you want. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I saw this guy from high school the other day. I hadn't seen him in like two or three years. He was like a couple years younger than me, but he like saw me at a bar and he was just like, "Oh, hey, Max." This <laughs> is like absolute power move. So John knows him, and he was gonna call him. His name's Jackson, and he's gonna call him Justin. Because we were hanging out with him the other night, just to power move him back, but didn't end up happening. Uh, yeah, no, he's a nice guy. I haven't seen him in that. He's, he's just scared. just a forgetful fuck. Yeah. Or, or like you think he did it intentionally? Like he knows your name's Matt. I don't know. I mean, last or, time I saw him. Did you go by Max? No, never. <laughs> like Max. Yeah. For for viewers that don't know, my full name is Matthew Parker Max Taylor, and I got. You know, four, four, four first names for yeah. all of my names. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got fucking three out of my four names are first names. Tomas, That's true. Tomas Augusto McFarland. Sebastian. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially because I can pronounce the other three super Spanish. Cause then it, and then it's just <laughs> like a McFarland. Yeah. Um, That's cute. And John is like the least Mexican sounding name ever. Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a, pero, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't speak Spanish, I know, so. I know. You're like, stop doing that. I'll, I'll, you're like, you're I'll, making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so we are, because it may sound a little echoey, I felt it was um, uh, uh, important yeah. To record at least an episode, or maybe a bunch of them, because you you both are going to be spending a lot more time here now. Yeah, um, yeah, they have the space. Might as well use to it to record in our uh, uh, not our your uh, new space for the fish shop, Infinity Fish. Infinity Fish, fifteen eighty, fifteen eighty one Dundas Street West. Dundas Street West. Let's go. I don't know what the uh, postal code is yet. That's okay. People can Google it. Yeah, it will tell them the postal. Code. That's it. Literally, I used to do that for my old address. I'd be like, fuck, this is where I live. What's my postal code? Every time. I've moved fucking three times in the last four years. What's my postal code? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, exciting. Very exciting. I'm going to take a couple. I'll probably take a couple pictures to attach to the post. But um, God, it's fucking exciting in here, dude. I mean, I know you guys are probably like, you know, you're stressed out to the max. You're like, let's fucking get it going. But also yeah. an equal amount of excitement No, it's, it's now that you're finally in yeah, the space yeah. and you have the keys and you have the plans moving forward and all these yeah. things. Like, what, John, what are you feeling? Because I know Matt's a lot of feels and you're all analytics over there. <laughs> what, tell me how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's, it's, it's kind of what you said. You know, it's 50-50. Um, it's a lot of commitment up until now. We've been really lucky to do as much as we have uh, without any really big overhead cost. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of time, it was a lot of sweat, but um, we didn't have any equipment, we didn't have any machinery, no vehicles, no um, uh, rent to pay, um, just our own. So, you know, as long as we were making a little bit of money for ourselves, it, it worked out. No um, salaries to pay. Yeah, right. 
So now things are very different. Now it's like an enormous amount of upfront cost. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no, luckily, you know, fingers crossed, we're kind of on the tail end of the pandemic and re uh, pandemic mm -hmm. and, and restaurants are doing um, a lot better than they were. And starting to do numbers again. Yeah, yeah, which is which is great. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that means for us, business will be steady and we'll be able to pay all of our bills and more and, you know, <laughs> do all the exciting stuff that we want to do. Get, but, some, uh, get some cash flow back into the business. Quick, yeah sooner rather than later yeah and just do it because we haven't been you know we've been we've been working but we haven't been um up there fishing in a while we haven't been you know doing the rounds at restaurants and seeing all the chefs and talking to them in a long time we've been mm -hmm. talking to contractors instead so it's been um it's been interesting to learn about but it's just not really the kind of work that uh that we love mm -hmm. that we've been so, trained to do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, sure. it'll be great to get back to that and uh, yeah does it, does, so now owning or not owning, but like renting a physical space, yeah. um, putting these plans in motion, like full on in motion, not even, not just like conceptually, is there, is there a different appreciation you have for business owners now? Like I know, I know oh. you and I talked initially yeah. when you were like, I'm, when you were looking for spaces and you were like, dude, now everywhere I go, I just see. Yeah business 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 yeah, this is I mean, someone's totally livelihood that's someone's livelihood yeah. this is someone's like what would what, what does that mean for for you guys right now i think for me one of the biggest things is like realizing it mostly like it's a like twofold like as an employee of a restaurant like realizing how much it takes to actually get a business off the ground now mm -hmm. that i'm doing it myself and it's uh, not like you hadn't opened restaurants before. You've yeah. Been, you've been a part of a few openings. Totally, yeah, a lot of openings and, you know, it's a lot of work. But the thing is, is at the end of the day, you always know you're going to get paid, mm. right? You and always are going to get a paycheck. Assume. Or at least <laughs> you assume. Yeah, you've worked, I've worked in places that sometimes that doesn't happen, but yeah. I won't name names. But, uh, you know, I think it's just appreciation. Like, even if I go into a coffee shop, like, there's a coffee shop just down the road, and I've been chatting with her, and I used to get coffee there while I was working at Sakai Bar, and she's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually opening a fish shop just down the street and just kind of making friends with our neighbors and stuff like that and just yeah. having, like, appreciation. Like, wow, this person... Because I think there's just, like, certain people that are, you know, okay, like, with you, right? Like, you're okay to just, like, work at a restaurant and stuff like that yeah. and be an employee and stuff like that. But, like, for me and John, we're idiots, and we want to, like... <laughs> I think it, I think it, happen, it, it resonates differently with you. The, the, exactly. the work, the work that needs to be done mm -hmm. in your guys' mind is different than mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to right. run somebody's restaurant, but by no, I've never wanted to be a restaurant mm -hmm. owner. And, and to be honest, like I'll speak for myself, but I, I never had any plans of owning uh, a business. What, if there was a way for me to do this kind of thing um, and, work on finding new ways to kind of improve the fishing industry and the way that we eat fish in Toronto and, and eventually in North America. If there was a way to do that for somebody else's company, I would have done that a while ago. I wouldn't, I don't <laughs> realistically think I would have, but there's just, there's nobody doing it. So yeah. uh, certainly nobody in Toronto who's really focusing on like environmentally and socially conscious um, local fish. So um, we had to do it ourselves. But yeah, it's not like for me, it was never like, I just have to own my own business. Quite, quite, yeah. quite the opposite. I didn't want to. <laughs> You're know, like, uh, okay, fine. I'll fucking do it. Cause you know, and, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, like I've noticed the same thing as Matt. I've been, uh, with restaurants as they opened and, you know, you're getting together and you're thinking about what the opening menu is going to be, what kinds of things can we do with the equipment that we have. Mm -hmm. And that's not an easy job, but that's like 
a good three and a half percent of what it takes to open a restaurant. It's yeah. like ironing out the menu, figuring out what the food, co- like who's your vendors, who like, that's like 3%. The mm-hmm. other 96 and a half is uh, like, is the caulking you use to seal your dish appliance to the wall to code? And what's gonna happen when the inspector comes in and sees that? And like, <laughs> who's your fridge guy and you know, you've got like six different quotes for appliances and each one of them have different warranty programs with different payment plans mm-hmm. and there's leasing and buying and renting. Like mm-hmm. that's, those are all things yeah. that you just, you never learn at restaurants. Like chefs yeah. don't teach that to sous chefs, sous chefs don't teach that to line cooks. Doesn't that seem fucking insane to you? You're yeah. like, yeah. it's hey so man, weird. Maybe you should just like give someone the full, and like, albeit depending on the person, if they're paying attention, they can see those things, right? Yeah. They can, they can absorb some of it but like yeah. how is there not like like i mean yeah for i mean all three of us went to culinary school i think you were the only one to drop out yeah um so college dropout i just pointed out you know no. <laughs> i'm kind of proud of it actually yeah, yeah. Shit. Like, I'm fucking, I've, you're like you're so a loser I, i've said many times school. that george brown was a waste of time and money for me yeah. all the the only good thing it did to me was fucking bring me to the city now obviously that's fucking an over exaggeration but um, I'm sure it did other great things for me. Um, slash, if I try and work for George Brown in the future, please don't take this personally. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, no, but like, why in school wouldn't they be like, hey, like, this is how you negotiate with somebody on a goddamn quote? Or like, hey, yeah. you wanna, yeah. and maybe, maybe that's far too specific or something, but like, Hey, here's some of the. Here's just like half of the stuff that you'll you're guaranteed gonna have to worry about: mm-hmm. plumbers, electricians, really general contractors, yeah. fucking like um, uh, sourcing your your fridges, your freezers. Mm-hmm. Like you were the, just before this, you were telling me a story of some guy who you drove out to Oakville and it ended up being a residential friggin' address and not an actual business and you're like, bitch, why would you give yeah. me this? This is bullshit. Like, what yes, are you doing here? Annoying. I'm trying to spend thousands of dollars with you yeah. and you're dicking me around. It's like, well, how is there not... It, it, it would almost seem like there should be that piece of the education if you're yeah. going to, air quote, chef school. Like, yeah. hey, if you want to do this, this is what business owners or mm-hmm. chefs deal with on a yeah. regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. It like, seems it, it. It doesn't seem too far fetched to to yeah. have that in a to curriculum. have some kind of like opening a business. Knowledge, like we right? we learned about that um, where I went to school, but we didn't learn anything about building, like the actual. Mm. Now, if you're teaching somebody about building, like a lot of that's yeah, yeah. municipal stuff. So, mm. like if you were to learn that in Toronto, I'm sure yeah. it's different in New York City yeah. and Ottawa. Yeah. So I get why that's difficult. But yeah, like to be honest, I think cooking schools focus too much on hands-on cooking which is like when I was applying to cooking school I was looking for the school that had the strongest um, hands-on approach mm-hmm. right I wanted to actually cook I didn't want to fucking read books yeah like that's why I was going to cooking school because I did not want to read books mm-hmm. so uh, nice. which is going to segue great uh, into know, our know, next segment of what I, books I, you I heard read. you guys <laughs> we'll get there um, but but now I'm going back and thinking like, well, oh, fuck. Like, maybe I should have saved those costing books. <laughs> yeah. Those three weeks that I spent learning Spanish cooking and then the other three weeks that I spent learning Italian and then the other three weeks I spent le- learning Thai and then French and then, you know, Moroccan, like I could have just learned those in the first three weeks of mm-hmm. whatever restaurant I was working at. Yeah. 
And to be honest, maybe... Or you probably could have just looked some shit up yourself yeah. and gotten a better education. Mm-hmm. Potentially. But, but like, realistically, there's no three-week period that you can learn at your... cuisine. Well, no, that's for sure as well. Yeah. But there's no three-week period in your time as an employee at a restaurant where you're ever going to learn, hey, like, here's how you should, um, you know, if you need a... Um, get some appliances installed mm-hmm. in your shop. Yeah. Here's how you have to go about it. Mm-hmm. Do you need a general contractor? Do you just need tradesmen? What do you need for tradesmen? Do you have drawings already? Like, yeah. you, mm-hmm. you should know how to navigate that because yeah. at some point, that is a realistic Okay, first thing things first, you have to get your space insured so that yeah. anyone will actually even step foot exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Like, I remember, and not to like, whatever, give too much of your business away, but it's like, no. it's, like, I forget, was it both of you or one of you? One of the, I, I forget. You're basically the same person at this point. Um, you just have different wives. Um, <laughs> different wives, different lives. Um, <laughs> that's true. Matt lives above ground. You're still in the basement. I say while we're currently in a basement. In a basement. Like, yeah. damn it, damn it. We're in John's apartment. Uh, <laughs> actually, folks, we're converting John's apartment into Affinity Fish. That, it was, that, yeah, that was already Affinity Fish for the last couple months, was John's basement apartment. Um, yeah. But no, you were saying, like, um, fuck, I forget where that point was going. What were we talking about? Insurance. Talking about insurance, yeah. Yeah, and you were getting, like, quote, this one guy you were talking to some freaking weirdo that was like i can get you like three quotes in the next 12 hours or something yeah. like that and you're like how is how do insurance cost different amounts that's the, yeah. like that that's the part that seems crazy when you're like i'm trying to insure this amount of square footage you think or yeah. at least my dummy brain goes sure yeah i mean mm. obviously maybe it's a little different depending on the company you go with but if if all three quotes are from the same company then why the fuck and yeah. maybe they weren't. Maybe they were. Yeah, so, so we did have a broker and they were from different companies. Great. So that's why. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. But like, you're like, wait, why is one company getting yeah. less or more or yeah. fucking, mm-hmm. what, what, what are the benefits? Because it's all the same bullshit at the end of the day. I mean, insurance yeah. is basically just one big scam. Isn't it's it? basically dependent on, <laughs> on how risky they think our business yeah. is to insure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's that yeah. at the end of the day. But I think for me, like, are people going to break into it? Are you going to pay? Yeah. And how much money do we have in the bank right now? And yeah. can we leverage it and stuff like that? But, All those things. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest shocks is like just have the sheer amount of how much things cost. Like mm. now, when I go into a farm boy or like some kind of like you know grocery store, for example, like the deli meat section in an average grocery store, that's like a hundred thousand dollars right there yeah. with fridges, meat slicers, prep tables, hand washing sinks. Before you even. That's a hundred thousand dollars product. Yeah, for the one for section of the grocery store, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Easy. Yeah. And we're just like now we're like looking at fridge quotes and like different equipments, and it's like oh my god, everything is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. it's like a rude awakening, but at the same time, like I think me and John have kind of just switched to a. But you're both in the state of mind where you're like, no, 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 these, these are the challenges we're accepting. Yeah, yeah. we're just like, rolling with it. Let's go, let's go, baby. Yeah, like, like, like we're not like worried because I think a lot of people can get at least I did when I was learning how to cook whatever I would like get down on myself because I didn't know something or like I'd be like oh like why don't I know this thing right Mm -hmm. but like with us (laughs) with me and John right now I think we kind of just like switched this light switch where we're just like okay we just have to figure it out yeah we just it's literally not not an option we're doing we've signed our life away to this lease yes this is not an option yeah Yeah. 
The only option is figure it the fuck out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and you f- you'd be so surprised what you can accomplish when you're just like, okay, I'm just going to figure it out. And yeah. you, you, you know, in the last couple months, like I find myself talking with this new lingo of like, I kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to like fridges and certain things like yeah. certain coils that you need for like more moisture, like taking more moisture out of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like little things like that that you never thought about before as a chef. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah Where you're just like, is the fridge on? Great. I can do my job. And yeah. now you're like, how does the fridge run? Yeah. Because yeah. this is going to either affect my product, ruin my yeah. life or fucking increase its capability. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The whole um, thing. Fuck. Well, it's your daily dose of uh, scary business talk. It's <laughs> um, enough for me. <laughs> John's like, I can already feel my fucking John's, heart. John's hyperventilating. Just, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> Seem to be holding it together really well. At least you got rid of the mustache, so that's fine. Don't get cold. Some weight, some literal weight off your shoulders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But segue into uh, some topics for this week um, or this biweekly installment. Um, You had texted me about uh, masculinity abuse in the restaurant industry. Yeah, explain. Heavy one. Explain. What do you? What do um, you mean? When 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 you text me that, what were you thinking? When I texted you that, I was thinking it's just you know masculinity is such a an interesting topic for me because I've been on both sides of it. Or, or both sides meaning like I've pretended like I'm a man and I'm just like oh you just got to figure shit out and I'm just gonna make it happen and stuff like that. And now I'm connecting with my emotional side a lot more in my life and I'm realizing that it's like actually way harder to just like ask for what you need in life and like be vulnerable mm-hmm. and not just like you just know just fucking stone face your way through stone face yeah white knuckle it or whatever you want to call it um Caucasian knuckle Caucasian knuckle <laughs> okay <laughs> um <laughs> John's so wishy he wasn't here right now. <laughs> um it's okay but yeah I, I think and then especially in the industry too like masculinity is such a thing that's just not talked about at all there's toxic masculinity you know I just mm-hmm. I just I thought it would be such a good topic to talk about especially with three white dudes you know mm-hmm. yeah um but that and then abuse in the industry was uh I think it was like more something we can like you know separate separate point okay we can yeah it's a separate there's point there's a comma there uh you know what Tom Tom didn't read the comma uh <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been up since five thirty. But um, yeah, I mean, like abuse in the industry is a big one too. Um, but I think we can, you know, maybe save that for like a round table or something. Sure. Like that. I think yeah. Be a good one. Which is, which is, I know, I think, I don't know if we talked about this two weeks ago, but it was. We definitely want to get a little yeah. round table discussion going. So anybody who's listening, yeah, albeit few, if you have an idea of a chef you'd like to hear from, hit us up. Um, Meatball Thoughts on Instagram or meatballthoughts at gmail.com. It uh, doesn't matter. Either one, I'll read them all. Um, mm-hmm. If you're like, hey, I'd love to hear from, uh, uh, like, I know Cody Wilkes would be on board. Yeah, of course. Uh, things like that. But um, I think it'd be cool to, you know, have a round table discussion where you get multiple different uh, perspectives on, like, one thing. And yeah. Well, and generationally, too. Generationally, think totally, like yeah. Jacob. Mm hmm. Um, he grew up previous in... chef owner of Ursa. Yeah, I guarantee 
grew up in a fucking or I shouldn't say a guarantee, but I imagine grew up in the abusive age. Oh yeah, of yeah. like the physical. Yeah, he worked for Mark Tuit and a lot of other uh, big names in the city, and yeah. he's told me some stories for sure. Oh, and that's the thing yeah, I, I think got, for I got me a is hell of a Tuit story. Yeah, but I think we both heard back in the day when yeah. we were at Grace with um, Oh yeah, Castangay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to work with Castangay when they were at uh, uh, at Tuit. But I think, um, yeah, to hear, because I think that's just always the thing, right? You always are in kitchens and you're just chatting with your chef buds and you talk about, like, oh, what's the worst scar or, like, the worst cut you've ever had, or, you yeah. know what I mean? It's always, there's, it's always stories around, like, a camp, proverbial campfire, if you will. But, yeah. like, I think to, like, actually talk about these stories and be like, oh, what was, like, the craziest abuse that you've seen, witnessed, mm-hmm. or um, experienced, and, like, realize it. Physical or emotional. Speak it out loud. Point, right? And then also just, like, talk about what happened to you afterwards because like at the end of the day i think something that people don't talk about is that a lot of these things you know are classified as trauma like literally you're going through trauma at the workplace so to actually like talk about you know how that affected you after the fact is i guess it does tie tie into the masculinity part and all that stuff yeah and, and i think i mean inherently it's going to because kitchens are a male dominated industry yeah unfortunately yeah yeah, I would say, I, I think it's, you know, it's funny too, because we just hired, um, I say we, the owners of the restaurant, <laughs> of the diner, just hired um, a female baker again, which is great. Like, when he told me that, I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I'd re- I need, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm silly and like, I'm not, I'm not mean-spirited by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination, um, or at least I don't consider myself mean-spirited, but having like feminine energy in the restaurant in the kitchen as well always like just kind of brings it down to a really just great Mm -hmm. well you know maybe we're up i was up here being silly with the boys too much and then it's like i don't know just it just kind of it's like a great g check but also like great this woman actually also is super knowledgeable and knows exactly what she's doing Mm -hmm. Which more often than not, because women are in, when women are in restaurants, like every time I think of women in restaurants, I think of like OG, Flo, uh, mm-hmm. Anna Chen, uh, like savages, just like, and not, not like mean, but like just <laughs> they're, they're, they, they go hard in the paint. Like they're just yeah. wicked knowledgeable and super talented, s- crazy talented and like hardworking to the max. Sonia Mondino, who I've had on here, like yeah. she's fucking savage mm-hmm. she's also shredded um which like kind of <laughs> is a little intimidating when you're sitting around her you're like you could eat me yeah um you could eat my head and i couldn't do anything about it but um, <laughs> um no lovely thanks but um but yeah no anyway sorry so masculinity yeah three guys john Japanese yeah, we can just start Go. off with your relationship <laughs> with masculinity, you know, like what is each, each of our individual relationships with Now, what, what do you mean by that? Like what the masculine energy that, that you tap into can, or allow to come out? When or... I think about a relationship with masculinity, I think about uh, what were your role models in okay. your life, um, you know, your early relationship with your masculinity, uh, your relationship with your own masculinity. Mm-hmm. And your relationship with you know other people's masculinity too, like not mm. just real role models, but other yeah. When that you, you see that like toxic masculinity, mm. where you're like, man, that guy played football his whole life and just wants to headbutt people, or 
Hey, they exist. They exist. I've come across them more than once. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm not a fighter by any stretch of the imagination, but like, yeah, when you say like, what's your relationship with it growing up with it? I mean, I grew up, I was born in 90s, so I grew up in the 90s. So there was, it wasn't, it was never expressed in like a household, in, in my household like this, where it was like, you know, men don't cry or any of that. Like my dad, very emotional. Mm. We were encouraged to cry, mm-hmm. like let it out. And I don't know where I got it along the way, mm. but I think around like, you know, 11, 12, when my parents got divorced and I just went really inward, it was like, a, mm. I, I adopted that like 90s mentality of like, tough guys don't cry kind of shit like that and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, I'm fucking still trying to get it out of me now. Thanks therapy. Um, but like, it's interesting. It's interesting. And like, I've met your old man. Mm-hmm. Not, it doesn't <laughs> strike me as like the most masculine kind of a guy, but. Oh, um, he very much is. Is he? Yeah. yeah. My... Maybe, maybe just cause I met him when he was in his, he's in his later stages. Yeah. So like. I think my dad, you know, my relationship with my father's masculinity and what I've had as a role model growing up is super complex and mm. you know now he's much more of a sensitive person and he'll you know he'll cry in front of me and stuff like that but I never saw him cry when I was growing up and he he would tell me to suck it up if I stub my toe and I start crying or like mm. if I like cut myself or something like that he'd be like suck it up yeah. fucking figure it out um and that's like you know it's good, an interesting good, good thing. and bad. It's good a good and bad. and bad thing. I mean, to, me to, and my, an, to an extent, you know. I, I, I mean, mean, yeah. I'm around a little boy every week, and I'm like, there needs to be a certain amount of like, sure, let's go, dude. But also, yeah. like, yeah, you can't fucking. Yeah, and yeah. I, think, I mean, you you told me stories, and we're not going to go into that. Yeah, we don't, we can if we want. I don't, I don't mind. But uh, yeah, it was interesting to see how it affected me and my brother differently, right? Mm. Like, my brother has a very different. Uh, idea of masculinity than I do and, mm. and his you know, it's affected him in different ways and stuff like that and he turns in about it and stuff like that but yeah I mean what about you John yeah I mean yeah it makes sense that, that we talk about our fathers that's our first uh, our, our first example of, of a man right uh-huh. uh, yeah I mean uh, I, I've never been uh uh, a macho guy myself, um, and I, I, I think you're six foot tall and shredded. I I'm so I'm actually neither of those things. But <laughs> but five eleven. My I, I'm a lot closer to six foot. <laughs> I'm a lot closer to being six foot tall than I am to being shredded. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that's generous of you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. Like uh, I, I grew up with a dad who, in some ways. Um, you know, like he wasn't, um, I, I would not use the word macho at all, but mm-hmm. um, definitely very, um, um, uh, resistant to any kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, kind of a product of how he was brought up too. And, and it is for all of us, right? But um, yeah, you know, like uh, never seen him cry in my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and both my parents were like that to some extent, but um, yeah, just a very like emotionally distant relationship with uh, with my dad for sure. 
Um, Do you ever remember feeling like, hey, I need to go uh, not maybe find masculine energy somewhere? Because then that just ends up, from, from the sounds of it, it just, it sounds like it would feel like you're almost being pushed away by by a male influence. Yeah, no, I didn't feel that no. way at all. Like, I never felt like I was pushed away from my dad ever, but um, I, I did notice, yeah, and I think this is probably the same for, for the three of us as well. Um, you have your uh, you have your father, who's kind of your uh, masculine um, uh, model yeah. up until a certain age, and then you start um, socializing with other kids, right? And then there's another education of what it means because now you start to oh, compare. Oh, your dad's different than my yeah. dad. Or, yeah. Or which, which is Whatever really, the case it is, is right? what the conversation is, but yeah. the conversation usually sounds like, well, you know. My dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's funny. Like, sometimes dads literally do get involved. Everybody yeah. could beat up It could also be like, well, like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah you're weak or you're whatever mm-hmm. for for crying or for not not mm-hmm. being a, a macho man mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah for me that kind of kicked in when I was like yeah 11 or 12 and I started socializing going to summer camp and seeing other kids who mm-hmm. uh, uh, who had a lot more of that kind of Hollywood masculinity for, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word of like you know yeah, the posturing Puff my chest yeah, out, chest fucking out. Yeah, walk, walk yeah, like yeah. a bit of a fucking douchebag and and yeah, I was always resistant to that, but uh, but I would say that I never like I didn't adopt any of that. Of course, I adopted some of that. That's that's the the world that, that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I've never been. Um, it always, I guess, because I, I I was exposed to that so late. I was never exposed to that within my own family. Mm. Any kind of like yeah, that you know, chest puffing and chest beating and guerrilla mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. So uh, when I when I was exposed to it. Some things I adopted, but most of it kind of just seemed weird and like... You're just like, I don't need like, that. Why life. are you doing this? You mm. know? Yeah. Um, so I yeah. mean, there, there are elements to it. I mean, like, I feel like the most masculine, chest bumpy kind of a douchebag I feel like is if I have a good, like, gym session. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I lifted heavy things and yeah. it felt fucking good. Uh, but like, yeah. I don't, I don't walk out of there being like, yeah. like yeah. flexing and shit. It's just like a, that satiated some kind of like a caveman Masculine. desire to lift heavy things. Yeah. And I think what, what we're starting to see right now is more of a conversation about where, where that line is because, um, you know, we used to, uh, sorry, that's the, don't mind the background noise. If, if the microphone the upstairs out. neighbors flushing the toilet, that's, uh, yeah, this is a work in progress. We're sitting in construction <laughs> zone right now. Okay. The, the, the space is symbolic for the recording, not yeah. super functional, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, there, there's no debate that, you know, our, our physiology and our, our hormones have some impact on our personality. Um, and no, we're not gorillas, but also we are different hormonally from women. And we do have, you know, we tend to, it's not just purely society and it's not just purely our fathers. It's not just purely Mm -hmm. our, you know, 12 year old friends at summer camp. There's still a very Uh, real element of choice. Yeah. Well, there's (laughs) an element of choice, but then there's also an element of, you know, like, I, I think men generally are, uh, more prone to aggression and I think men generally are more prone to like 
you know, maybe it's lifting heavy things at the gym. That's, you know, something, something I mean, kind of core. I see a lot of women there every morning. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're getting at it and yeah. they're fit and they're doing yeah, so great. Maybe, so maybe that's not a good example. But, yeah, but, um, yeah so it's, it's, it's hard to find that, um, you know, at, at what point do you, like the boys will be boys. Uh, um, excuse yeah. is a really bad excuse because it just <laughs> cops. It's, it's a cop out for yeah. bad behavior. Um, on the other hand, we're, uh, where do you draw the line of, you know, uh, not accounting for the, like, hormonal and biological differences between, mm-hmm. between men and women? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah. And by no stretch of imagination do I think I am smart enough or qualified enough to comment on all that, but I'm going to anyways, so... Uh, <laughs> Hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. PSA, this is Tom Tom's opinion, and no one else's. Not that. Like, hey, and not that. Come on, yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's true, right? Though it's interesting because there are uh, uh, clear differences. Like, women are just, they're inherently, more often than not, more caring, more compassionate, in, in, yeah. a, in an outward way. Yeah, on average. Men, like, at least the men I grew up around weren't necessarily, like, like, and this is, I think, maybe this is, like, my dad was super Spanish, so maybe the Spanish element, or Chilean, rather. Culture is a big, the, huge yeah, part I think of it culture well. is the more, is the driver, but, like, Latin culture is very machismo, but my dad it's just wasn't, from. <laughs> case in point, right? Yeah. Um, very macho, very... But also super romantic, too. Like Yeah, like, yeah. The, the love is such a thing. Like, love is not even, like, an act. It's an emotion <laughs> at some yeah. point. It's like, you you either, you live love or... Laugh. Shit. Fucking do that. And I never wanted to throw something at you so fucking much in my goddamn life. You can't not. Give me that microphone. <laughs> you can't use it. I hope your sound quality on fucking SoFly is horrible. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god, dude! Uh, <laughs> it's a podcast, dude. Um, so I, I think, I think I got like a sensitive Spanish dad, but there was still such a reserve from his upbringing that never carried over into full emotional expression. Mm-hmm. And then you end up having, you know, at least in my case, my parents split. Um, when I was like 10 and then I don't understand it. And then I end up hanging out with maybe more uh, guys that in high school or something. And they're like, well, we play hockey and we're, we puff our chest and I'm like, okay, cool. I guess that's like, that's something that I think when, when a young man, and I'm speaking from experience, when a young man has little to no, identity as to who he is has no like this is what grounds me this is what I'm working towards there ends up being this 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 at least in my case in my experience for me it ends up becoming this thing that is like for many years even when you and I first met Matt like Mm -hmm. I was not this way no no 
we're both very different from when both very people different, that we right? Were, we, when we, met. we grew into who we were, <clears throat> and at the time we were playing this game of like, I'm supposed to say this, I'm supposed to ride this kind of bicycle. Like, swear to mm-hmm. the, you're the reason I ride fucking Fixie because I'm yeah. like, well, Matt rides Fixie really cool. He does tricks, so I should do that. <laughs> it's like it's the dumbest fucking thinking. It's the dumbest fucking thinking, right? Yeah, because you're like. Oh, I'll just copy what other people do. It's like, why don't you just fucking think about what it, what what you want to do, what yeah. you feel like doing, what your energy takes you, and more often than not, these overly masculine influences end up, uh, at least from in in my experience, teaching young men how to not be mm. like, and I I say that in like, obviously to each their own. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's a one-size-fits-all model by any stretch, but, and certainly not when it comes to an artistic expression like food or fish or like mm-hmm. any anything like that. Like as much as this is a business, this is also an expression of self for you guys. Mm-hmm. So, and as much as, you know, me rambling at a microphone saying silly things like, uh, Caucasian knuckling it. It is not. It is not a, a hurtful thing. This is just a, mm-hmm. an, an expression of creativity, an expression mm-hmm. of of something that that when I was younger and I let too much of other people's energy, masculine energy, more often than not, mm. dictate who and what and how I behaved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Sure. I, I, I let my the, the the I recently learned a new word milieu. Um, I don't know that word. It's like your your social setting, your your huh. environment around. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know that? Who's smart Tom. now? Yeah. Yeah. The, the French <laughs> book reads over here. Um, no, I think I heard it on a podcast, but and I was like, what's that word? And I looked it up, but anyways. Um, <laughs> but that the 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 the, the milieu of of kitchens and certainly young kitchens and young people in kitchens is very for lack of a better term toxic masculinity for sure yeah i i don't i don't think it's that simple it can't just be toxic masculinity there is something deeper there and i don't have the words right now so maybe this is a discussion that we will keep going for years but like yeah i don't have the words to describe it right now but like that is something that that I think people more often than not, maybe a younger generation is kind of picking up on that. Not from what I've seen, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm talking to a couple of people that are, you know, in their early twenties right now and just getting into food or been in food for the last five years. And it's, it seems like it's, it's shifted a little bit, but not so much. Mm-hmm. I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day where it was like on the, on the, a slight tangent to the abuse side of things, like the chefs that, the chefs that um, raised the chefs that raised the chefs that raised us, so not the two second generations two generations ago, um, dealt with everything: mm-hmm. physical, emotional, um, mental, at all forms Verbal. of abuse in kitchens. They had it all. Yeah. You and I, just the emotional, mm-hmm. mental. Not, not physical. I, I I never got. I, I got physical. I never got kicked, punched. Well, I didn't get physical. Smacked. It was it was physical towards me, but yeah. Sure, but like, I never got fucking smacked around or fucking intentionally burned or fucking shit like that. Huh. 
I had shit thrown in my general direction, but <laughs> yeah. never directly at yeah. me. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too nice to that <laughs> particular person. You and I both know who the fuck that was. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So maybe I'm being a little too reductionist in that capacity. But, and now I look at it as I'm currently trying to train um, this kid, 20, I'm not going to say his name, um, but he, he just got into kitchens, mm -hmm. 20 years old. And like, it's not physical. I'm not going to yell at him. So then it's like, I'm doing my best to take away for the next generation. You mm -hmm. take away the, maybe the emotional. Mm -hmm. And I'm as, as open as I am with you guys, I'm almost as open as I am with him. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you can t I can tell you exactly how I'm feeling right now, but it doesn't change the fact that the job has to get done. We are going to cook it as best we can with the product we have or the, mm -hmm. the, the equipment we have or whatever. We're going to do it to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cook this egg to the best of my ability to make it sunny side up and not over season it and whatever and not have the underside brown. And I, it's okay to be frustrated in the moment about it. But as soon as, like, the, the thing is, like, I'm, I'm doing my best to, 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 to push forward that, like, it's okay to be frustrated. But if you're going to hold on to it, that's where the abuse will build. Mm -hmm. So just because I'm frustrated now does not mean I'm going to be frustrated in 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure as fuck not gonna be frustrated when I'm smoking a joint later. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice and I'm gonna be nice and smiling. You know, I'm yeah. gonna get a little groggy. I'm gonna sleep and I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna go to the gym. Mm. And it's like, I wonder if as we go, I'm, I'm swear I'm gonna bring it all back around. <laughs> I know, we'll I get there. But, but keep, yeah, well, we're, we're all gonna we're, get there. We're but pretty good stuff. But like, I think. I think if that level of honesty can be applied to someone who is that new and but this is the first time I'm trying this right I trained a bunch of people before in kitchens you know when I trained you how to plate a beet carpaccio it was I was horrible right I didn't know what the fuck I was doing I was I was told to do it I didn't know how to do it mm -hmm. um, this is the first time I'm trying this from scratch mm -hmm. from like this kid is fucking brand spanking green like couldn't be greener and I don't know if it's going to work I don't know if I but there's no way that me applying the teaching methods that were Im imposed upon me is going to push anything forward mm -hmm. that's fucking two steps back in my opinion so if I'm only taking one step back right now trying this approach but that that in itself the fact that you're talking me, about this stuff means that whoever taught you did a good job because you're better than them or at least you're going to change something right or or is, i've evaluated the process enough to know that it was wicked wrong yeah so yeah either it's somebody and, who and taught that, you and that's not that, necessarily their fucking yourself. fault yeah because that was their upbringing exactly and it's and like as long as we try to get a little bit better didn't choose to do the work on whatever they mm -hmm. need to work on right exactly. but anyway sir no but yeah i think that's ideal right like i i hope that the people that I trained when I was a chef uh, go on to 
you know, like the other day, for example, I was stopping, stopping by Sakai Bar and um, one of the guys there that I trained, he said, he was like, oh, you would have been so proud. I was like, oh, what happened? He's, they got a new guy in there and he's pretty green and he was teaching him how to butcher fish. And he was <laughs> like, oh yeah, I showed him how, exactly how you taught me how to do it and stuff like that. And he yes. did a really good job and all this stuff. So was, that, you know, helps me out to like hear that this next generation or whatever you want to call it is, is you know, at least I made a mark on something and, mm. and somebody can take away something positive. And, you know, because for me, it's like... The knowledge carries forward. Yeah, the knowledge is super important to me, right? Like, that's a lot of why I do what I do with Affinity Fish is that I have this knowledge that was given to me and I mm. feel like this is my best, my best way to pass this knowledge on to consumers, Currently. to our employees or future employees yeah. or whatever it may be like that's super important to me to have that kind of and, and more likely than not you'll have many more opportunities in the future to to continue it mm -hmm. and it, it may be in a different capacity but yeah interesting but yeah to get back to the masculinity part i was thinking about my father and thinking about how growing up you know you think about masculinity and just like oh this guy's tough right like this mm -hmm. guy this guy can go through anything. He's not scared of nothing. You know what I mean? That's, that's a masculine man. That is a manly man. But it's really interesting now to like have that realization of just like masculinity kind of forgoes any kind of emotional, you know, intelligence or anything like yeah. that. Right. So it's interesting to, again, like going back with like generations and stuff like that to like having lived through that era where we had fathers that are not emotionally available or whatever you want to call it, or yeah. not emotionally intelligent or don't know how to speak about their feelings or they just acted out with physical or whatever it may be, but to live through that and change that just like with kitchens and training mm -hmm. new folks and stuff like that. Um, and trying to be emotionally intelligent and trying to change those things and trying to be a better father for my future kids and stuff like that is a really, I guess it's like, the new wave of masculinity. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's uh, it's an interesting way to think about it because I think it's going to get redefined as we. Yeah, uh, I go think through. it's it's interesting yeah. that we're talking about it generationally because I think each generation does kind of have a unique take on masculinity and it means different things to different generations. You know, like from all the the young guys who were fighting in World War One, <laughs> like a you know, at uh, turn of the century, um, like, me mental Ill illness wasn't something that even existed. It wasn't even something you could think about, much less talk about. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a place where, you know, uh, I would say there's a fair number of adult men I know who are forthcoming about mental illness. and, or and it's going to therapy. Or yeah, going to therapy. You know, the three of us are. And, uh, you are? Well, uh, on and off. Just <laughs> 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 like, well, I mean, that how, but... It's like, this is therapy. This is like sugar mouth. I don't know, but uh, I have done and I will go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, that's that's a huge stride. And that's, that's it's a hundred years, but it's it's progress. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful for the next generations. I don't think it's a, it's a pendulum. I don't think it's something that, you know, comes in and out of fashion. Because mm. it is something that ultimately, like, even I would the, say... Even though cultures shift with... The times it's like this is yeah. this is the culture we're pushing forward yeah and yeah i don't have a particularly fond view of of masculinity but i would say that you know a good 90 percent of it is not constructive for the world or ourselves 90 percent john the statistician over here 
like I, that's that's my ballpark is you know yeah, yeah. almost all of it yeah. does not benefit other people mm-hmm. and almost all of it you mean does like not. the older definition of ma- what masculinity is yeah like because by, by, by definition you know just well i mean it depends the, like what's what's what we grew up with kind yeah, of yeah, yeah yeah i was yeah. gonna say the yeah masculine and, masculinity 30 years ago yeah, well, when and, we were born, and, and a lot of that is still born. like a lot. Some of it has gone, but a lot of masculinity thirty years ago is still alive today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're having this conversation. We wouldn't be having this conversation if, if we had really, you know, if we didn't all have daddy issues. Yeah. Don't worry, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> take, so, take three cooks for the fucking <laughs> screw in a light bulb. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's ultimately not something I that, that like Trump. serves us well, right? It's mm-hmm. It's, mm. There's very few aspects of masculinity. Doesn't it though? Because okay, here, hear me out. Hear me out. Give me the upsides. Hear me out. Hear me yeah. out. No, not even necessarily the upsides, but like I, I think about this on a fairly regular basis. Where I'm, I'm quite proficient at. I mean, I bring it up jokingly with you all the time about fucking drug use and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I think we're both at a place now where we can. Maybe I'm a little more comfortable joking about it. No, I'm okay with it. And sometimes you'll be like, hey, man, I don't, that's not funny in this moment. And I'm like, ah, cool. I'll, it was just I'll, a bad joke. I'll, I'll, I'll reel it back. I'll reel it back. Yeah, it's just a bad joke. Okay. It's good. Good ass point. Good ass point. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> not though. That's the best part. Um, it's okay. It's, I, can, I can take a little criticism from a fucking friend. Um, and if I couldn't, oh my god, talk about shitty masculine energy. Um, no, I think, fuck. You were saying, uh, joking about drug use. Yeah. Um, that ship has sailed. Nope, lost it. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll circle around. You know what, I think, I feel like, uh, but maybe you guys want to you know switch it up. We're sitting at about fifty minutes right now, so oh, five zero. Uh, five zero. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we could even wrap it up on that note. Fifty minutes. John just doesn't want to be here. Yeah, I think I think John just I'm, doesn't want me okay, to say John. something else fucking offensive. <laughs> Nobody's like, keeping. Bro, you we haven't even talked about what books we're reading right now. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, let's talk about those books. <laughs> let's abrupt topic. We need a drink of water. Abrupt topic change. Okay, go find some the water. sink. I'm the sink's right over there, dude. Um, abrupt topic change, but. Um, Talking about books. Yeah. Goddamn. So I had messaged and just said, what books are we reading? Yeah. What books? Also, I fucking put the goddamn thing out on my stories and not a single person replied what thing? to uh, a Cambodian cookbook. Like, oh, really? What is a good, reputable Cambodian I've cookbook? I've never seen a Cambodian and cookbook. And over th- of the 300 whatever cooks, albeit that is a very small amount of people, yeah. and most people don't interact with stories, but... Of the 300 people, I was expecting at least one recommendation mm-hmm. of a fucking Cambodian cookbook, and I'm floored. I'm like, now I'm like, I kind of want to go to chapters and just like, where's Cambodia? Because mm-hmm. like, I had some sour soup a couple days ago, and it was fire. Yeah. And fire. That, yeah, to be honest, I'd never heard of Cambodian sour soup, but fire. it sounds great. Oh my God, it was so good. Pineapple, Ooh. tomato. Some other veg, I feel like it kind of looked like winter melon in there, but like I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. Maybe zucchini. Um, <laughs> no, because zucchini would have been much more mush. But it was fucking delicious. <laughs> Great. Little bits of chicken. Um, God, it was so good. But books you're reading. 
Yeah. I whether mean, whether it's cookbooks mm-hmm. or regular books, like I just picked up this book, uh, Rewire Your Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only read the pre- the preface so far. <laughs> Tom Tom gets the sleepy when he great. reads for about maybe more than fifteen minutes. I start to go a little dozy. Yeah. So I'm working on that. Uh, I'm trying to cut out the whole like uh, just go home, smoke weed, and fucking watch YouTube or something like that. Mm. Just like just go home, read for twenty minutes, and go to bed. Yeah. Um, but we'll see but no there's that I just picked up a book on uh, mushrooms fungi book hmm. um, just picked up a uh, an indigenous um, like first nations uh, book about first nations like first nations relations hmm. um, cool. in like I think it's called uh, Living Together or Working Together or something like that, where it's like uh, settlers, like it written uh, from the uh, Aboriginal or uh, First Nations perspective mm-hmm. um, of like, you know, how in today's day and age can we work with Aboriginal people? And, yeah. And, and things like that. So it's like not, a, it's not necessarily food, but. Like, I know you had a, a couple of trout books over there. I mean, everything in here is going to be fish, so. Yeah. Yeah, I had this moment, actually, the other day, because uh, I run the Instagram for Affinity Fish, and you always get some people uh, messaging and asking trolling. questions and trolling and yeah. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. there, uh, we were doing a series of posts about the... the fuck f- trolls of fish accounts. <laughs> no, literally. Right? Yeah, literally. Like, what? Yeah. Like so control a meme account, you fucking. Because everybody asshole. wants to know that they're the smartest person in the room, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. we are posting about our different species that we uh, carry at Affinity, and with a bunch of photos, and then a lot of facts and factual information on on different species of fish that we carry, uh, as well as cooking and tasting notes and stuff like that. Oh, okay, nice. You know, fucking so, thoughtful shit. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of this information people don't readily know, and a lot of this information you will not hear from a fishmonger. You know what I mean? So for me and John, it's super important to know probably that because, stuff. Probably because most people don't speak Portuguese, but anyways. Okay, here we go. Um, so this guy commented on the post. The post was about uh, pickerel, um, and pickerel is known by many names. It depends on where you fish it. Walleye. Fish for it. Walleye, chain pickerel, uh, grass pickerel. Lots of different names, okay. and it depends on where you catch it. Lots and they can be different fish, like those. And are, yeah, those are ah, okay, different. Different. Yeah, different, uh, yeah actually, the uh, chain pickerel genus. looks like no, same genus. No, totally different genus. Totally different. Genus. Yeah, totally different. Totally chain different. pickerel looks like a pike, but oh, it's not word. a pike. Yeah. yeah, and it is the same genus as a pike. Yeah. So yeah, there's you know there's so many answers. Right? It's just like so going to a fish shop and asking for red snapper. There's like yeah, ninety million different species of snappers, right? Yeah. So this guy commented on the post and he was like, actually, it's not called walleye and, you know, tried to correct us. And I texted John. I was like, hey, John, because John did most of the um, text for the factual information and he did some research on it. And I just found like a lot of times that I was referring to John for um, some of the factual information for the fish. So I kind of had this need. I was like, you know, I should be really looking up at this because I know a lot about fish, but as far as like the scientific stuff behind it what they eat you know all this stuff like their latin name and stuff like that shit that a lot of people don't really care about but i do you know what i mean so i uh, bought a bunch of books uh one's called trout of the world which is super interesting it's um 
comes with photos that are not photos of uh, watercolor paintings from this, the author and oh, it's like crazy stuff like uh, Timon which is like the largest salmonid ever recorded and it's uh, found in Russia Mongolia and it's like a massive fish like huge cool. but it's in the salmonid family there's like you know salmonids in Japan and Korea like all of these places of the world that you would not necessarily because a yeah. lot of people are just like oh you know brown trout rainbow trout brook trout yeah. and salmon you know I mean? It's like, that's, that's it. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's like 150 pages and 60 of them are about brown, brown trout, like different geniuses Rad. of brown trout and stuff like that, which Fucking is super cool. cool. And then I got another one. Peterson's. Yeah. Field guide, which is super cool for freshwater fish. Uh, and this is insane. I have Peterson's guide to, um, for edible, forging. Edible yeah, and things like that. Yeah. Cool. There's, uh, yeah, this Peter, is like, Peterson's a, is a great fucking wealth of knowledge, man. This is a 700-page book, and there's probably 150 pages of just uh, darters or um, what's the other genus? The um, I forget what they're called. They make flies after them. Sculpins. 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 So there's like 150 pages, and they're like actually really beautiful. They've got like all these different colors and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, but this is all freshwater fish. There's freshwater flatfish. For real? Yeah, there's freshwater flukes. Huh. I didn't know that. In Ontario? Uh, no, North America. Oh. I don't know exactly. But, uh, <laughs> I'm like, is that fucking Canada specific? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Whoa, crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, freshwater let's, elephant. Let's go for a job, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just, so I think for me, like, I'm just trying to, like, educate myself on things that, like, information yeah. that I probably never need, but, like, you know, that's my career now is working with fish. Is an educator. Yeah, and also educating people too, yeah. right? Like I, you know, I want to be able to, when people come into this shop, like really have a conversation with them about where this fish comes from, what it eats, all this stuff, like this, this information. Because yeah, I think I mean, that's super important to the taste of the fish, how to age it, all those different I things. I imagine you guys will probably do something similar to this, or maybe you, you've already thought about it, but like having these books just out on a shelf being like, yeah. hey, you walked in the shop, look at these fish. Hey, you want to just read a little something for the next 10 minutes about fish? Go for it. Yeah. Pick, pick a book yeah. off the bookshelf wait here's a dozen books that exactly are really are really good, good idea, basic information yeah we're like you know like at the diner we just have like cookbooks sitting yeah, yeah. in each yeah. booth it's like hey you want to read the books that our chef read mm. to think about all this stuff yeah here's here's one on smoking here's one on vegetables here's one on farming here's one on fucking this exactly but like yeah yeah interesting yeah so both of those just came in the mail well, actually, one I got at a used bookstore, but the other two came in the mail um, the last two days, so I'm excited to dive in. John, what are you reading? I'm reading a lot of, um, not any any hard copy books, but um, uh, I started reading a bunch of journals on uh, Lake Ontario, which is a lake that I know less about than mm. most of the other Great Lakes, ironically, because we live on really Lake Ontario. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we recently, like, I just assumed that there were no commercial fisheries on Lake Ontario because I've never seen them. I've never heard about them and they must not exist. I've never heard about them, but that's actually not true. Uh, <laughs> they are there. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you know, if, if things work out and if it ends up, um, fitting in with kind of what, what we're doing here at Affinity, um, hopefully we can work with some of the fisher folk on, Lake Ontario specifically, um, transportation is going to be amazing. It's yes. like it's much cheaper for gas. Prince Edward County, so it's like an hour yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just so uh, Prince Edward County is on. 
Ontario? I'm like, where does yeah. Ontario go? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't remember the last time I looked yeah, at it. On the way genuinely to genuinely looked at the lake. Yeah. Bang on the lake, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, basically, there's not a lot of, like, there's no... Read, there's no novel or, or informational uh, mm. book in the library on like the fisheries of Lake Ontario, at least that I've found. But there's a lot of journals, a lot of small publications mm. and stuff from universities and just like... I imagine a fair amount of studies have been done in the lake. Yeah, mm. yeah, they do studies there all the time and they publish them. They just don't right, go to libraries. Library. So yeah, like uh, the MNR does a lot of them. Um, and um, yeah, they're out there. So There's got to be some marine biologists that are at, for yeah, yeah, yeah. at, at U of T. One of the fisher folk that we work with, his wife actually does a lot of these studies for uh, the government. Uh, I don't exactly know what her job title is, but she she, she actually works for the band. She works for the band. For, yeah, 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 for the uh, for the indigenous What's government. What's the band? There. That's their their uh, the the Ojibwe uh, Tri- uh, tribe for for lack of ah, better. Okay. But they're okay. they're they governing body. For, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so they do their own, you know, fisheries and forestry work and, and ah, okay, studies great. and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. 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 Ojibwe Cree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, basically, we're just trying to figure out if uh, if it's safe to eat these fish because it's one thing that the fish are there; it's another thing that somebody's out catching them, and then it's another thing of you know it's what. It's the most polluted of all the lakes. Yeah. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, yeah. and, and you especially know, in the but, spring when you have all the salt runoff from yeah for sure everything yeah, yeah and you know we have all the great lakes have power plants on them um, I don't know about Superior but the rest of them do and you know uh, Superior does highways and yeah I imagine it's the deepest it's yeah highways and, and all that stuff yeah all the salt in the spring so not sure like, like uh, we're not in a position where we can go and like test these fish ourselves we yeah. don't know how to do that so we need to rely on um on these journals that are out there but mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's 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 crazy that we live in an age where like you pay 99 cents and like you can just look at in 22 seconds after you hit enter you can find like some journal about the exact crazy niche bit of the, that <laughs> little negative knowledge that you're looking for mm-hmm. it's just like yeah you know that some fucking student figured out 40 yeah. years ago and they're like yeah. here's a paper on it exactly yeah wow so we're lucky. That's fucking rad. Yeah. So John's going, fuck books. John's going journals. Let's go. Yeah, they're and he's yeah. writing in his own. It's, it's hard to day. read like dear diary. <laughs> like twenty pages of a journal is like a hundred pages. I was yeah. gonna say it's, it's, it just book. sucks. It's dense, not dense not as a, fuck. Yeah. yeah, most of them are not meant to be like enjoyable. Yeah, they're, it's they're very. Been, I don't think like you get painfully informational. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> You're like. But I also don't feel bad yeah. skimming stuff that's not relevant to what I'm trying to find. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that takes us a little over an hour. You want to do some shout-outs? It's usually our fucking marker. Yeah, uh, I do actually have one. Uh, Wallace Espresso. Oh, yeah, they're great. Uh, up at St. Clair. DuPont. And... <laughs> that was on DuPont. St. Clair and Silverthorne. Maybe I have the name wrong. Wallace Espresso. Huh. Because Wallace Emerson Park is like close to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe they have multiple occasions. Who has fucking data on their phone? Someone give me Google Maps. I don't have that. <laughs> Wallace Espresso? I'm on it. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. Wallace Espresso, St. Clair and Silverthorne. I'm fairly Silverthorne. certain that's the name of this shop. Okay. Um, that is where... 
I mean, they carry, it's just like a little coffee shop, mm. but they carry, um, well, I think we're all right because there's three of them. Let's go. Winner, <laughs> <laughs> <Winter> Ganyon. <laughs> oh, that was fucking awesome. No, I think there's five of them. There's five of them. Any hoodles. Uh, this one that I go to is not, nowhere near Wallace Emerson. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's way closer to Little Portugal. Yeah. Um, uh, or sorry, uh, Corso Italia. Corso Italia, yeah. Um, up at St. Clair in Caledonia, St. Clair. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, closer to St. Clair and uh, Keel, actually. Yeah. Um, or Old Western. Um, just down a little residential street. They carry Blackbird products. They've got oh, nice. tasty coffee, as far as I know. they got tasty tea, because I drink tea. And uh, the woman who works there on Tuesdays makes the perfect temperature of hot chocolate for my nephew. So perfect. I nice. love and appreciate them, and will likely be going there. Huh? Goldilocks. Goldilocks, yeah. yeah. That's a, Dude, a two and a half year old. It's got to be like lukewarm at yeah, best. Yeah, that's true. Um, warm chocolate, lukewarm chocolate. Yeah, it's it's fucking. Yeah. He's like he goes to like touch my nephew goes to like touch my my teacup and he's like I'm like yeah dude you no 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 one you're gonna burn yourself motherfucker <laughs> um but uh, but yeah cool Wallace Wallace espresso and I can only imagine their other locations are uh, well executed I imagine they probably all carry Blackbird products and things nice. like that but yeah that's mine you wanna do one Dan um, I don't have one in the chamber give me ten seconds <laughs> <laughs> well I'm I was gonna suggest what about, uh, what Civil about? Liberties yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good. John went on a nice little uh, ice fishing trip a couple weeks ago and uh, just so happened to be with the owner of Civil Liberties, Nick. Nick Kennedy. Uh, Nick Kennedy. So Nick and, and uh, Aldo? So fine. Aldo works no. there. I don't know if he's a. No, I, he's, he, he's he not doesn't work there. He, he he works down the block from them. Oh, oh and another stuff affiliation. Under their uh, yeah, affiliation. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like every, anytime I've ever talked to him, he's always brought them up in conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great cocktail bar. Um, it's really cool. Like when you go in there, they just ask you what you like, and they create a custom cocktail. Or if you just want a Negroni or something like that, they'll make that for you, obviously. But they try to like kind of make. And there's there's yeah. a number of bars in the city that'll do that. That is the only one I've ever seen that's not disgustingly pretentious. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like, very like, chill. Cocktails are like, actually good. Yeah, and, like I'm not a cocktail person. Actually, Eastend Eastend spot that's similar, probably not the same kind of echelon, but. Or maybe it is. I, I don't know as far as cocktails go, but as far as mocktails go, mm, right. uh, poor, huh. poor Romeo. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Um, yeah. It's Queen, or sorry, uh, Gerard and fucking. Uh, Downtown. Uh, no, 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 no. East End. Oh. Uh, Gerard and Pape. Okay. Hmm. Um, neighborhood spot. Cool. Super chill, kind of grimy, but like. Eastside Romeos. Eastside Romeo, yeah. Poor, poor Romeo. Yeah. Uh, poor Romeo, but sorry, Civil Liberties. Yeah, Civil Liberties, uh, the owner, Nick, he's been uh, sending us a bunch of contacts for... Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's done this so many times. Like, yeah. started from nothing and just built restaurants and, and bars and stuff like that. So yeah. he's, he's been a huge help to us. For, uh, huge help, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's a great shout-out. One of your, one of your yeah. fucking mentors in this, in the kind of like... Yeah, because We honestly, need to find equipment and yeah. not... Yeah pay out the ass for it yeah, yeah word of mouth and you know getting people's uh, contacts is huge with with build out and stuff like that because yeah. if you just kind of cold call people they'll give you you know everybody else's price but if you 
have a friend tell you. Yeah, or you're like, hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. it helps a lot for sure. Yeah, tell him, tell him I sent you takes off five grand off the price sometimes. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. It literally, it was ten thousand dollars less than our other. Goal. There you go. Yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs> there, <laughs> like, right? You're like, oh my god, we just saved. Basically, he saved us ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. So, so thanks, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't met you yet. Lots of free fish. <laughs> yeah. 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 You need me to do a gig for you? Yeah. Don't even, fish don't sauce even, cocktail. Don't even pay me. It's all good. Yeah. Fish sauce cocktail coming up. Bro. That's uh, fucking, that'd be fucking. And on that note, <laughs> any um I love you both. Love you too. Love you too. Let's yeah. Fucking, Thanks for let's uh, get out of here. And thank you very much. And thanks for listening. I think we'll probably end up doing some more here because you guys are just gonna. Well. I'm just. I'm basically just gonna show up every other Tuesday and be like, take a break, guys. Eat some food. And actually, that'd be that actually be not bad. Just yeah, like plan plan on me bringing you some fucking food so oh you don't God. eat lunch next time. Fantastic. Fucking <laughs> think. Yes, chef. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jay. I'm so sorry I got hungry. <laughs> Anyways, See love you guys. Both. Bye for now. Thank you.